0: up everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncy, a production of Thatcast Network.
1: Hey now, say now. You're tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast and I am your host Devon Pouncy. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon. As usual, once again, I got D-Boy alongside me again today. What's going on with you D-Boy? Hey now, say now. I want you to sound like you today. You feel me? We got a late one and I had to wake up myself. You feel me? We're in here late today, later than normal. Yeah, we're in here later than normal. I would yeah. say most definitely, I but we're we trying to
0: duplicate your intro to wake up cuz I feel like that's a good little catch. I feel like that get their attention for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, people little definitely one. reach out to me about it. People always kind of May message it to me or send it over to me. Sometimes yeah, yeah. Instant people, grabber. even people who I converse with regularly that listens to the podcast, sometimes they'll just like mid conversation, they'll use it as kind of a part of their slang. So, yeah, it's cool. I and couldn't it definitely... do it nearly as good as you. So, it's definitely cool. <laughs> hey, now, I'll hey, now say that. i try I'm not doing it again. You can't catch me twice. Thank you. It's all good. It's all good. But, yeah, we're here at the Living the Dream Studios. D Boy is here. Um we do have a few quick announcements before we dig into some of the content that we have for the day uh, the Jeremiah Bobacy article I mentioned it on our last podcast episode. I want to say that the city of Portland responded great to it. I mean I went to the Timber's first home opening match um, and the article was released in the paper the day before the home opening match and, just the energy out there was crazy, which is which it always is dealing with Timber's Army and everything. But I got to actually see some of the vendors out there firsthand selling the paper, seeing some folks responding to the paper. Social media was nuts that entire weekend. I mean, my mentions did not stop. I don't know if my battery had any life at all during that entire weekend because people just kept. Liking, retweeting, commenting, telling whatever it is that they had to say in support of the article and what Jeremy had to say. Uh, He put it out there really well for us, so it just got a great response, and it was a really good sales week for our vendors. So that's really the most important part when it comes to the article. Obviously, what he had to say was very substantial, but the feedback that I got from the vendors was what was most important because... The mission is to. Allow I was going to ask, how it is it? Income. Is it
0: like when you get a bonus at work, kind of, where you like we hit big this week, or is it like a cap on what they could do, or like how how does that work? I mean, we pushed
1: the sell out. I think we had uh, when we got this bulk of papers in, we printed up like ninety one hundred. But and I mean, like, if you sold. got just an ultimate hustler, go getter, like in particular, they can come like, buy as many papers get... as they want okay. until we sell that's out. That's what I was wondering. They can buy as many newspapers as they want until we sell out. Um, some of them sell really, really well. I'm not gonna get into their numbers or right, anything right, in particular right. because but you, you know some that's, that's, that's their information, sharks. but. I definitely have some sharks (laughs) that do really, really well when it comes to selling that paper in the vendor program and it's their income and yeah, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, we don't, we don't give them paychecks or anything. So, with that, it's like everything that they're purchasing is all on them. They get to keep the tips. All we calculate is how many papers they buy from us. As far as what they go out and sell and how they Under sell the it table, and what they do. Chicken. It's all theirs, man. It's Ooh. all theirs. But yeah. Can um, I, I say something? You could. For, you lying. You could. I could go purchase a Ms. Hilsen. Well, you'd have to go through an orientation first but, to become I mean, a vendor. But, yeah, but I could but yeah, be a vendor. Yeah, I, I you was, could be a vendor. You know, yeah, I don't if know if the full a, criteria. Well, so yeah, I no, I mean, we definitely work with more homeless and impoverished folks. Um, but not everybody we work with is homeless. But if you're in a situation where you don't have an income, you got a criminal record that's bad, and it's mm, stopping you from tight. being able to get a job, then, yeah, you most definitely com- can come in, uh, go through the orientation to become a vendor and and go out and sell them Facts So yeah But that article is now online Go to news.streetroots.org I'll also make sure to Hyperlink the link of the article Into the details of this podcast episode So yeah News.streetroots.org Really substantial things were said In that article I'd urge you to go read it if you weren't able to buy a newspaper from one of the vendors because now, this week, we have a new issue out and about. But I still encourage you to go out and buy those papers, even a new edition, every edition. Whenever you see a vendor out there buying a paper, I mean, selling a paper, excuse me, you should go buy it because the content is very compelling and the cause is just great. It's absolutely great. Um, also, as I mentioned on last episode, I'm leaving to Germany this week, this coming Friday. I'll be flying out. Yeah. How many of y'all jealous? (laughs) I'll be going going to Germany this week. I leave Friday. I won't be back here in Portland until July, essentially. Like June 30th that night. But basically July 1st will be when I touch back down here in Portland. I will
0: not be running the show solo. I repeat, (laughs) I will not be running the show solo. But I might get in here in the studio and call him. From Germany and have him on speakerphone, yeah. and we might do something in short form. We so might do something like that. Stay tuned for yeah. something like that, especially a yeah, pop-up like Germany that. bus down.
1: Yeah, we might do something like that, or vice versa. When I get out there, I'll definitely meet some of the people, especially from our sister newspapers out in Berlin and Hanover, Germany. Um, their Hanover's publication is the one who's hosting the Global Street Paper Summit this year that I'll be attending. Um, we're all a part of the international network of street papers, so we've got a little bit over a 100 different publications, over 40 different countries, and we'll have a representative from pretty much each publication come down and all convene at this Global Street Paper Summit. And I got the fortune of being the employee from Street Roots to be able to go down to Germany and represent on behalf of our organization. So maybe I'll get a studio out there once I start, you know, meeting folks. and. You know, talking to some people that are local that live out there that may have access to something. So we'll see. But for the next two weeks, just follow what I'm doing. Definitely follow my Germany trip. I'll be doing a lot of posting on social media and things of that sort, Um, especially because I don't necessarily know when the next time I'll be able to come in here to the studio and just dump it all off because this podcast beyond it being informative and beyond it being something i really love it's kind of therapy for me very therapeutic because I, I do a agree lot
0: with that. Huh?
1: I, could, I, could, I could agree with that. Yeah, I do a lot. I wear so many hats. I'm real busy. One day I'm commentating a college hoop game. The next day I'm writing an article. The next day I'm overseeing a vendor program or I'm at City Hall meeting with the mayor's office and his staff. And another day I might be here and the next day I might be there. So being that I wear so many hats, this podcast is really the platform and the place where I can really just kind of dump all of that off. Um, It's interesting stuff that I do, I think at least, and we got a lot of listeners that think the same. So y'all keep supporting, and we will keep it coming. Um, Another announcement, I joined the City Club of Portland's podcast last week. Uh, Their podcast is called Next on the Mic. I was a guest alongside with Marcelino Alvarez, who is the founder and owner of Uncorked Studios. Um, And we both actually got invited on to City, uh, City Club's podcast to talk about Major League Baseball to Portland. I think we both have some really compelling things to say. Marcelino Alvarez has some kind of NDA that he signed with the Diamond Project. So while he was very informative, I don't really know who or what he is to that project, but he's got some kind of insight, insight um, to obviously have been invited onto the podcast. And for me, I'm just a dude that hosts a podcast about the intersectionality of sports, politics, and culture. So I got the invite. So for me, you know, obviously, I got to talk about some things from my perspective and how I see things with the city of Portland and based on what I've been following from the Diamond Project. And Marcelino got to do a bit of the same, but he also got to talk just a smidge about what The Diamond Project is doing based on what he actually could say, being that he had this whole situation where he couldn't say too, too much, especially when it comes to his role in The Diamond Project. But, like I said, it will be out really, really soon. So. Just be looking out on Twitter for that as well. Um, Obviously, whenever I come back on the microphone next, I'll make sure to announce it to you as well because I think that was some very compelling content. And lastly, I got to give a quick shout-out before we dig into what we're talking about today to our cousin, D-Boy, Lynette Williams. Big shout-out. Big shout-out to Lynette Williams. For those of you who don't know, um, Lynette, she's our cousin, and she's the keyboardist for Childish Gambino. And... She just received a platinum f- plaque for This Is America. <laughs> and that thing about three times platinum, too. Uh, yeah. That's a good just, piece of hardware. That's a great piece of mm-hmm, hardware. Mm-hmm. And so... It's, you know, it's just something that we're both really proud of, being that we have a relative that was able to accomplish such a thing. We all know This Is America was a huge record. The video was absolutely historical. nuts. It's a, it's it. A, it's yeah, That's historical 100%, forever. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so shout out to Lynette. Now let's get into some content. Woo, these NBA Finals is crazy.
0: Oh, we. Oh, Let's hear it. Let's these hear it. NBA Finals. I, I want to hear it from you first. Because you know how this could
1: go. Yeah, well, honestly, before I... Or actually, while I was prepping for today's podcast, I kind of had to check myself a little bit because, I mean, the big news, we saw it. Some of you may have saw it. If you didn't see it, I'm sure you heard about it on social media or just by plain word of mouth. The horrendous Achilles tear that happened to Kevin Durant. Um, it was just really, really ugly. Um, he's been out for the past month or so dealing with the same injury that I was dealing with, with the calf strain. You think it was he the came, same injury I think was it was. With. I think it was the same You've injury. Been dealing I was, with his a But that's what it was announced as. It was put out there that it was a calf strain. Um, and I know, I don't think I'm still 100% enough, right, even, even close to 100% to go play ball myself, but that's another conversation. But the reason why I had to check myself is because You know, the sports media personality in me and watching and listening to everybody else um, really kind of think about and talk about the future of Kevin Durant, um, the future of the Golden State Warriors, the future of the NBA, because you got a huge free agency coming up this summer. And so I do definitely have a lot of thoughts about that. And so as I'm prepping, I'm like, what are my thoughts? What am I going to say when it comes to his future? But. I don't really want to do that today. Mm-mm. And the reason why I don't really want to do that is because he just suffered such a horrendous injury last night. Out of respect. Out of respect. And I, my human side is taking over for my media personality side. And I say that with air quotes. And part of it may be because of the work that I do. Um, I see injuries a lot amongst the homeless community. I see infections. I see illnesses. I see a whole lot of stuff dealing with that community. Um, and obviously they don't have some of the means and the economic strength to be able to overcome a lot of those things and get assistance or have good healthcare when it comes to a lot of those things. So I think that's kind of just built up into me where, I really struggle myself with this media personality side and then just my straight up human side because I see so many humanistic things daily um, through my work. But I also thought about somebody when I saw Kevin Durant tear his Achilles. I thought about a good friend of mine who currently plays in the NFL and he tore his Achilles last year. I mean, really close friend, more like a brother to me. And I remember when he tore his Achilles, and this is somebody that I know personally, because of the relationship that I had with him. Mind you, Pro Bowl quarterback, first-round draft pick, he's got some status in the NFL in his own respect. Obviously, KD's a megastar, but this dude's a big-time player. And I remember when he tore his Achilles, and the first time that I saw it was on the Internet. This is somebody that I can reach out to, that I can text, that I can hit up personally any given time that I want to. And not many people have that luxury, obviously. But when it happened to him, I didn't care about his future. I didn't care about what the Chargers season was going to be like last year. I didn't care about the fact that it was the last year of his contract, and he just actually got signed in free agency a couple months ago. So he was in a similar situation as Kevin Durant, where this was a season coming up before free agency year where he'd be able to sign with somebody else other than the team that he's on. I solely thought about his well-being. I solely thought about how he felt mentally and obviously how he felt um, uh, mentally and physically because it was a physical injury. And so... I was circling it back to Kevin Durant and I'm like, you know, I don't really want to be that person to be selective just because it was my homeboy. And I was able to have more of a real human moment because of my connection to somebody that tore their Achilles rather than somebody like a Kevin Durant who I've never met, but... He's dealing with the same exact injury under similar circumstances where this is a big year, going into a year where free agency is going to be a big deal. And a lot of his future, um, is really a lot of decisions at least that are going to be made for his future are coming up really, really soon. So I'm not going to talk about any of the futuristic things when it comes to Kevin Durant. I solely want to just give him my well wishes. I hope the dude gets better. Obviously, that's a tough injury to recover from, but I'm just really hoping and praying that he has a really, really good recovery process because I know it's going to be a lengthy one. I know he's a dude that loves basketball. I'm a fan of his game, and most importantly, I'm a fan of what Kevin Durant does off the court because he is always contributing to society and I just want the dude to be in a good, clear space mentally and physically to continue to contribute to the game as well as to as well as to society as he's been doing. Well said, man. I can't say too much more than that, other than just you
0: know prayers and well wishes up to KD because that was an ugly injury. I called you as soon yeah. as it happened, and I think you were still either in denial or just not convinced that it was an Achilles. But I mean, I've been around the game. I've seen it happen in person and I also seen it happen with Kobe and, you know, a host of other people and you could just tell when you get that flat foot, can't move, can't put no pressure on it, you you just know what it is. I feel like a calf is a little higher where, you know, although it might be difficult. He to definitely put reached on lower it, this time than he lower did the last and, time yeah, he got injured. It was just a no brainer. So I called you with the quickness, like, bruh, the worst thing that could happen just happened as far as for his return and, you know, how that outcome was. So uh yeah, first off I don't care about you know his future i think everything will work itself out and he'll be taken care of but uh i want to see him get back and get back at a high level yeah for i'm not sure. ready to see him not compete at a high level he yeah he like i said
1: his contribution to yeah, the game is mainly that's how I feel. <laughs> like, that's what his i care about his contribution to the anything, game bro. is mainly so yeah this wishing him you know a good recovery process but now i want to talk about the actual game beyond the injury um because It was another great game, and you saw a lot of heart out of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and the rest of the squad because you're not just dealing with the injury to Kevin Durant. You had Kevon Looney out there get hurt. Everybody's playing banged up. Uh, Clay obviously had been hurt and sat out a game already in this series. Steph Curry is just running himself ragged out there. He's just all over the place. I mean, they're not as deep as they are when they're at full strength. Not even close, in my opinion. But they still are out there getting it in. And even after that Kawhi Leonard run where he rattled off 10 straight points and the Warriors didn't score, and you're on the road, you're playing in Canada, it's about three minutes left in the game, the Raptors go up six, the Warriors still figured it out.
0: Can I tell you why? Go ahead. I hate to sound like everybody else on TV today, but that's a bad timeout. That's for the coach of Toronto. I agree. So I feel like timeouts, especially in that point of time in the game, are used to try to shift uh, momentum or slow it down, not to kill your own momentum. And after he went on to Kawhi Leonard I'm talking about, after he went on a 10-0 run single-handedly – and was in that mode, that takeover mode that we've seen him get into lately in his bag. It's like the timeout was almost like the coach felt like that's what was supposed to, like that's how it was just supposed to be, just because it was the late in the game and they had the ball. But it's like when you got something rolling like that and you sniff, you're literally sniffing a championship. Ride it out. Ride it out. You feel me? Ride <laughs> yeah. it out.
1: I'll be honest with you, if the Warriors do end up coming back and winning this series, if they someway, somehow win these next two games, which ain't going to be easy to do because this Toronto team is really good and this Warriors team just continues to wear down, whether it be to injury, overexertion, you name it, the team is, in a sense, depleting. If the Warriors... Figure out a way be to good. come back from down 3-1. That timeout wow. will go down wow. as the worst timeout in basketball history, even more so than wow. the timeout that Chris Webber called in the FAT when he played on the FAT 5 team at the University of Michigan, uh, which is nah. probably the most popular called timeout ever. I don't think it'll be more popular either, but I think it'll be the worst. I, I think I it'll mean, be a worse. Yeah, if I, they come back yeah. from down three, one. Well,
0: see, it's hard. It's be, like I hate to be that guy because I even growing up playing and stuff, I try to never blame coaches, never blame umpires, never blame referees. Obviously, I said that because I played different sports, umpires and referees. But I just feel like you just have to you have to acknowledge that. You have to call it out. Like that's ridiculous. To do that and, and shift the momentum and you can't play with a team like the Warriors because they're called the Splash Brothers for a reason. If it ain't one, it's the other. And I'll be damned if it's both of them on at the same time. You feel <laughs> and that's what happened. That's when they they both turned it on real and that's quick. that's what I'm saying. And, that, and that's all it took. And it's crazy because I literally seen Steve Kerr. They was down by six. And the the, the camera panned to Steve Kerr. And I watched him. I read his lips and he literally said, Let's go, guys. Like, on some, let's turn it up. up. It's getting urgent now. And I'm thinking, like, no way in hell. It's no way in hell that they are this controlling of their gears. And they are that controlling of their gears. They kicked it in the gear, knocked them down, (laughs) big shots like it's nothing, no pressure. I'm talking about at the realm of losing a a final series, Yeah, calling it quits. On the road. And they found a way once
1: again. With the Kevin Durant injury taking place during that So, like I
0: said, in the Blazers uh, series, I felt like a lot of things got given away in in them 15-point leads. But in this one, it was just pure. Like I said, I watched it from the time the coach said, let's go, guys, to that final possession. They kicked it in the game (laughs) and executed
1: perfectly. So, with that being said, now we obviously got game six coming out Thursday. It's going to be the last game at the Oracle Arena. Obviously, we know the stakes that are at hand. It's a must-win game for the Raptors. It's, so, that's what I wanted you to say, and this is why. Who has more pressure now to win game six? Is it the Raptors or is it the Warriors? The Warriors. Obviously, if the, the Warriors. Warriors, obviously, obviously if the Warriors lose, then the series is over. Yeah. I mean, that's well, apparent. That's,
0: what, that's apparent. That's one of the main reasons. It's apparent as hell, but it's the fact that you're still on the brink of elimination. You're facing an elimination game. What I do know is that the Warriors are genuinely confident enough to know that we could beat these dudes two times before so they beat
1: us once. that's my, but that's why me? that's but why I think the Raptors have more pressure because so I the championship I rap- mentality and the and the championship experience that the Warriors have, I think it diminishes some of that pressure you know, when it comes solely is, to also it think, being an elimination I also game for think them.
0: Without the without the contribution from Kevin Durant last night, while he was able to play. They lose that game, too.
1: Yeah. I,
0: so, I, so I feel like knowing that they're going back into it without KD, you never know. I mean, it's a slew of emotions going on over there. You can't deny that. From a humanistic standpoint, like you said, people being worried about that guy, people hearing all kind of mixed feedback on press, fans. Last game at Oracle. Social, last game at Oracle. Elimination game once again. All of these facts, I feel like it's still puts you know some kind of pressure on it. I think it makes you know,
1: for a greater environment and
0: that's going to yeah, work in the like, favor of the Warriors because they Kevin need Durrett, that with the injury story after the injury is going to be loud as uck at the or at, you know And I believe
1: six. and I believe that the Warriors will thrive off that what I'm saying is if you're the Toronto Raptors and you go to Oakland and you lose another game. Now the momentum is completely in the Warriors' hands. Well, it's in the I, Warriors' hands. I'm family. always going to say that the more pressure I don't is on the think I don't think I'm it's there yet. The per-
0: the, I'm going to always say the pressure is
1: on the team who's facing elimination. I don't think so because of the team that it is, the championship pedigree that they have. Had this just been another series, had this been a conference finals or a conference semis finals, and it was any other team than the Warriors then I would probably agree with you. But when you talk about the team with this championship pedigree that has proven over and over and over, and over and over again what Mo they can Penningham. do, what you the gear for, uh, that you just Kawhi saw them kicking, that's cool. I get all of that. I get all of that. And I think Kawhi Leonard obviously is they a went great three, player, they went up and he one turned into a, a monster. But this team has come back from 3-1 before. Was it against Kawhi Leonard? No, but it was against Kevin Durant and Wes, Russell Westbrook. So you have these guys that have this— pedigree. If it was any other team, if it was the Rockets, if it was anybody else, Pressure any other team, team I would think that it would man. be the other Boy. way around. But for a team that's going home, that's coming off such a crazy win like they came off of, and they're getting ready to be able to have an opportunity to play for a game seven, I don't think Toronto wants that at all. In fact, I think Toronto should have won that game last night and sealed the deal. Even in that game, the pressure might have been slightly more in favor of the Warriors as far as who has more pressure. But with Kevin Durant coming back before the injury happened, obviously, you figured, "Ah, maybe not because Kevin Durant's back. And we saw the contribution that he made before he went out with the terrible injury. But I think more pressure's on the Raptors now having to go on the road and try to beat this Warrior team in Oracle Arena, last game ever at Oracle. And this is a team with such championship pedigree. Yeah, you don't want to go to Game Seven against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson if you're the Raptors. This next
0: question, but I do want to know how you feel about Kawhi not taking the last shot too, because I know it's been a lot of hooray and hurrah, and even at the gym today everybody thinks they're analysts. We got people sitting in yeah. the hot tub talking about <laughs> Kawhi should have took the last shot and he just went on the 10-0 run. What's your thoughts about that? You think he made the right basketball play or you think that you they're definitely right? That after doing what he did and showing the domination, you got to take the last shot. At Here's
1: Kawhi. what I think. Here's what I think. I think that when it it actually ties right into the conversation that we're already having. When it comes to pressure, I think the Raptors face more pressure than the Warriors. Don't quite think the same for Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi Leonard in that situation, being up 3-1, who's also a champion, who's also a Finals MVP, I don't think he necessarily is dealing with the same pressure that the rest of his team is. But obviously, it's a team sport, and you need all your guys to rally up and win. Kawhi felt like he made the right play, and that's just the kind of guy Kawhi is, and I don't think he's facing the same pressure as others. So, he doesn't mind them losing that game and having to go play in an environment such as Golden State. Do the rest of them mind? Maybe so. But so that's just not how Kawhi's liner. Like, why do we uh, bash Kawhi's people like uh, LeBron James? I know in the past we've talked
0: about LeBron James and passing up shots and big moments and stuff. Why do you think we come down harder on LeBron James? And I'm saying we just as a collective you know, unit, not, not us in particular, but just the world, I guess you could say, in general as fans. Why do they critique LeBron so much harder for not taking shots in those kind of moments? But you think it's a, it's no very problem simple. It's
1: LeBron. You're comparing LeBron. I know Kawhi as of Kawhi late has is been one getting, of the getting greats. These, I I know, listen, listen, let's be clear. Let's be very clear. I understand that Kawhi is now all of a sudden getting these comparisons to Michael Jordan. I didn't. I'm not saying that. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you, but that narrative is out there. It's definitely out there. Shut it down. My point exactly. Shut that down. Kawhi and LeBron aren't the same guys. No, no, no. LeBron I'm just
0: asking no, on his I... team he's been he did it versus uh uh Embiid in the Sixers. Like he's did it even in the game going on the 10-0 run single-handedly. Why do you think he doesn't take that shot? We know Dame Lillard going to take that because shot because of who Lander.
1: he is. Because of who he is. Look, we've never seen a star like Kawhi Leonard before. Do you just watch the dude? Do you listen to his interviews? Do you just see the blank emotion that's on his face? Like... When you see Steph and you see Klay hit those three pointers late in the game, you see celebration from both of those guys. Kawhi Leonard went on a 10-0 run and, and just kept a straight blank face. It looked like he was it's, running straight into jail. It's y'all. literally just who he is. Like <laughs> straight braids, buff looking like he in jail somewhere. I've never seen anybody, especially a superstar, with the personality of Kawhi Leonard. Ever. I've just never seen it. I don't think I've ever seen anybody in basketball with the personality he like of Kawhi like Leonard. Old
0: pathfinder. Yeah, it's
1: It's literally who he is. But before we wrap this segment up, um, quick prediction: who you got winning Game Six, and ultimately who you got winning the series? Toronto in six. And if that don't happen, Golden State in seven. I'm and my go-
0: heart is going Toronto in six.
1: I'm going with Golden State in seven. Next up. D-Boy, you got a new placement recently, and I think it's very important for us to talk about it. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncy.
0: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
1: So, D-Boy. Talk to me. You just got back from LA. When was that? Yesterday? Yesterday? Today? Yesterday? I can't even tell. I thought yesterday was the ninth. Yesterday was the tenth. Days days running together, huh? Days running together. (laughs) Is it Wednesday yet? It damn near is, huh? It's, See? It's, uh, it, it is. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I is. can't do it. I'm out of there. But yeah, so you just got back from L.A. yesterday. I and did. you came back with what I thought was some very interesting and also exciting information based on Facts. some things you were able to piece together on your trip while you were in album mode, as we talked a bit about mm-hmm. on the last episode. Great but trip. Great this trip. This ain't about the album right here. Right, right. Um, I just want to pass the mic off to you for you to kind of tell the story of what you found out that is prevalent to you and obviously prevalent to this intersectionality, especially when it comes to sports and culture. All right. Well, for the um, for the listeners
0: who've been around for a while, a lot of you guys know that I made the official song for Dutch Bros Coffee, which is, a I would say, would you say it's the biggest coffee chain in, in Oregon? In Starbucks. The Starbucks
1: still, okay. probably. Second, second. Cause Starbucks was main I mean, right in Washington. Yes, yeah, there's definitely Starbucks because you see I a Starbucks mean, on every corner. Popularity wise, especially though, saying, in downtown Portland, what I base it on is I work in downtown Portland, yeah. and you literally see a Starbucks on every corner. So no,
0: no, I'm not talking about the. I'm saying more. So do you see more Starbucks cups in hand or Dutch Bros? 'Cause pop is just uh, like a fan favorite. A that's question. what I'm you know what I mean? But for it to I be still have
1: to say Starbucks. Yeah, before it to I'm in even be in every the day. same
0: conversation that explains to you how big Dutch Bros, you know, is, especially in this region. So I did the official song for them and then I did the official song for the Portland Trailblazers called Rip City, which uh this year, this season more than anything, did a lot of good As far as media coverage, big uh, newspaper article, as far as performing opportunities, we got to perform at literally every single win of the playoff run, every home win during the playoff run that the Blazers just went to all the way to the conference finals. So that was good. Um, Most recently, I just found out that I got a placement with the biggest company now of the three that I just mentioned with Adidas adidas everybody knows adidas uh rival to nike i guess you, would you call it rival to nike 100 okay rival to nike adidas um and that it's just crazy to give you a little bit of a backstory um i went through making the song dutch bros just having the idea because i had a lot of fans that worked for dutch bros and they seemed to like a cult following of my music always being on top of the new stuff i dropped Learning the lyrics fast, yada yada yada. So I felt like if they was already onto my music just generally, if I kind of catered to them and they all seemed to love their job in the Dutch Bros community, so I just made the song. And uh, upon making the song, Dutch Bros company requested that it be placed on the playlist for it to play in their stores. So that's how I first got my in with even getting songs playlisted for companies. I'm not gonna mention what company does that, but. That's how I got in. So from there, um, about two weeks ago, I had a friend who used to be an Adidas rep here in Portland, and he was in L.A. Because Adidas is headquartered here in Portland. Adidas is headquartered in Portland. (laughs) A lot of people only know Nike is headquartered here because the Nike employee store, but it's Adidas employee store and headquarters here as well. So... The whole time, my partner sent me the video and he like, yo, man, he's DMing me on Instagram saying they playing your Rip City track, you know, right now at Nice Kicks LA, which is a big time prominent shoe store in LA. They got all Nike on the bottom and all Adidas at the top. So when he first sent it to me, part of me was confused on how are they playing a Portland Trailblazer song in LA for one and then. Who the heck got access to the song for it to even be playing in the store? So and I you know. used
1: to live in L.A., so it, you hey, might have thought it was somebody well, you knew
0: and, out there. And that. and that was the first, my first line of thought was, all right, maybe somebody I know. You know how you can hook up your phone and play, you know, as long as it's clean music and stuff. So I'm thinking maybe I'm on a personal playlist of somebody. So as I went to L.A. this past week, I think I flew out last Wednesday, and I was there till yesterday, as you mentioned. I was in album mode. I had a couple of studio sessions we had some vocal recording to do we had some mixing and in between time i'm trying to start this new business venture which led me to go to the fashion district in la so the homie took me to the fashion district and as we was leaving he was like yo bro we should go to nice kicks la since they've been playing your stuff and just kind of inquire about how so me not knowing that nice kicks was right where it was in the area, I'm like, for sure, how far is it? He like, bro, literally five or 10 minutes. Let's go. We get there. So I go straight upstairs. I see the environment. I go straight upstairs to the environment that was in the video that was sent to me. And I knew that it was upstairs where Adidas was at. So I asked the young lady who worked in there, like, yo, like who controls the music or, you know, who plays the music for you guys that's playing in store right now? And she was like, Adidas sends us their playlist. Like, this is all Adidas playlisted music. So boom, light bulb pop. I'm like, all right. I sent the Rip City song in for programming months ago. Never got informed, which you usually don't. I'm independent. I don't have a big label. Typical music you know, game looking shit. Looking into this and all <laughs> of that. And so I end up calling the company who got my playlist placement with Dutch Bros. And I'm like, yo, um, you know, give them the backstory I just told y'all. And he said, here, let me look it up while I'm on the phone real quick with you. He says, oh, man, indeed. Last month, uh, you did get programmed with Adidas for all of their originals and outlet stores. What? <laughs> you feel me? Like, this big That's news that I had no kind of idea of. And so he, like, yeah, potentially streaming in the New York market, obviously L.A. because we've seen that firsthand and Portland market, etc. I mean, it, the list goes on as far as Adidas stores around the world. And so Yeah, so
1: that first question, is it global or is it national? Global, nas- global. Yeah. It's yeah global. I mean I know it, yeah. Adidas is a
0: global company, it's global. so it could be clear cut across the United States, like I said in New York. And so I would No global know, I'm talking I mean, about glo- world internationally internationally. Uh, I would have to look into I would have to look into that. But I know it's all across the United States. Right, for right, sure, right, for sure. I'm not sure about uh yeah, I'm not sure about globally, like internationally, and all of that, but it could be very much so. So the I know up. I know more of the logistics in um, the first week of. July, because I think it has to have, like, one month for it to register and calculate spins, and with it just being picked up last month, this will be the first full month that it's spinning, and then we'll have some numbers, but obviously that's something to look forward to, and it's really opening my eyes as far as what my lane is in music, because obviously we do it because we love it, being artists, but, I mean, it's something to make a living from. It's so many different ways to get paid for music, and like you dabbled in and said, it's, like that's the music industry for you like being independent and not having a major label backing or a major label representatives behind sometimes it's really hard to track down your money in and, and where your money is coming from even right. per se so imagine you know if that was me shopping in la two weeks ago and i just hear my song randomly like that's, that's crazy to think that right. you could literally be anywhere in the united states for sure and and hear that song and so Uh, Shout out to Dutch Bros, obviously. Shout out to the Blazers for embracing the song and making it their theme song. And then as recently, um, you know, as I just mentioned with Adidas. So I just want to keep really building on that. Keep making songs where I have that in mind. What do people, what's the vibe when people shop? What can people hear? What are they listening to? So I'm mindful of that when I go in stores now listening to what's playing because I I literally have a clear-cut,
1: direct you know, connection to get more placements. It's really interesting though, because you said the song got picked up by Adidas, and I could imagine exactly why that happened, is because the hook says I got game like Dame, and Dame is one of the biggest Adidas athletes there is. It so it's crazy. I don't know the process of them actually listening to the song once it gets submitted. I don't know how it all works out. I would imagine obviously they listen to it, but right. I don't know how it all gets figured out. So I don't want to sit here and say this as fact, but obviously for the song to get submitted, somebody had to hear the record. And I'm pretty sure once they heard the game like Dame part, it was over. So basically just to give you a little bit of insight, like they literally
0: have employees that sit here and listen to thousands of minutes of music or hundreds of minutes of music a day in that's what makes this particular company unique Uh, because they literally cater it to their clients, their clientele. So if you got, you know, a Dutch Bros, it's a certain dynamic, it's a certain kind of music that's Mm. being played. And so they literally have a team of what they call experts right. listen to the music and then place the music accordingly with which, certain companies. Which leads to you know, this makes your point even more valid that obviously if you got a Adidas programmer and hears game like yeah. game, obviously it's that's automatic. a perfect fit. Right. Which is funny that you said what you said because when I was on the phone with the gentleman, he was telling me, now that Adidas picked it up, like let's see if it catch traction, you might be getting a Nike placement next. But as you Nike's said... Ain't with that. With the, with the game like Dame thing... <laughs> not and with that record. being a very big-time...
1: <laughs> Adidas face of
0: Adidas and advocate yeah. for Adidas, it makes sense why maybe Nike hasn't and may not pick it up at all. Right. But all in all, I think it's super cool that I'm learning this game as I go. For and, sure. And really running into big situations like this, and it's really just a part of staying in the game. I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, even as far as this trip with going to Nice Kicks directly and, and doing my research so that I knew what call to make on Monday morning for confirmation. And so just really going out and tracking down your money, tracking down your moves and, and executing, I think is just kind of what that is all a testimony
1: of. Yeah, I just think it's all really dope. And obviously we talk about it often here on this podcast when it comes to, I would say in particular hip hop, but more so music. And sport culture, and it just all circles back to why we do what we do here, and why we discuss the topics that we discuss here, because that cultural influence, when it comes to sport, um, we obviously witnessed it with you when it came to the Blazers organization, but now we're witnessing it with you with one of the biggest sporting apparel companies in the world. Uh, apparel companies in the world. So, hey. Hey. being able to really just kind of link those things together. I don't think the average hip hop artist, nor do I even think the average athlete, outside of what they may see on television, really digs into kind of the minute details such as that. <laughs> right. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That's like, real like insight. That's yeah, real right. insight, that's and, real and insight. it's and it's such, the details are so small, and really the coming together of it all is so small, but it's not conversations that I hear often. Even though I know that these athletes love hip-hop, I know that these hip-hop artists love sports, and like I said, you see the Drakes in the E-40s at the games, Um, obviously right now in the NBA Finals, during the Super Bowl, you see the YGs representing the LA Rams, like you see all of this, and we even talked about this, but even all the way down to things such as getting your music placed and all Adidas stores, at least over the country, maybe across the globe. It's just insane to me how many small connections that there are. And I think that it's really an endless amount of content, and it's an endless amount of opportunities that can come from that intersectionality of sports, culture, and politics as well. So, yeah, that's why we do what we do here. And And it's really us. Yeah, that's real. That's who we are. Yeah.
0: But to close it up and wrap it up, like, really – the The crazy part of it is, is going through the music and coming up in the industry, you always hear people say these stories of like, the song that I got on from was what I least expected to and all of that. And it's crazy that really, even with this situation with Adidas, that is really a feed off of the Dutch Bros placement. Right. And who would have ever thought that I would make a song about coffee, for one, and flip <laughs> it? I, I, I made it universally appealing, but... It's really about a coffee company, for right, real. for sure. So for that to lead to these other opportunities, you know, a year and two years later and stuff, I think it's crazy. And, uh, yeah, the Dutch Bros video just hit 10K views as well. So shout out to everybody who's been checking that out. Um, we started that from literally zero subscribers. First video that we put out on YouTube as D-Boy LTD and that, that you know, I'm happy to see that people have been liking that and the other opportunities outside of the the views and stuff that
1: we're getting. So it's crazy. Yeah, that's really dope, really dope. But I, I thought that was very important to discuss just because from one like i said to me it's interesting it's fitting and it's just something that you really don't hear about especially when it comes from like a ground up type of a situation you usually always hear about the big stuff um, not saying that your stuff isn't big or yeah, getting not. bigger this is, but this is literally like the it. ground up information and a lot of people don't really know how that happens and I'm a person that I like to give game. I like to spread knowledge, and I also like to receive game and knowledge. So hearing stuff like that, I'm learning about certain yeah. things. Yeah. You're learning about certain things. Yep. And who knows? Maybe the next young artist or maybe somebody else listening to this podcast can learn from that and be able to use it in their own way and to be able to benefit them and help them out and bring them in more of an income. So I just thought that that's really dope. Congratulations to you, first of all, for getting the placement and even more so just knowing all these opportunities and all these situations that come created from this intersectionality just always pumps me up. Now, let's but next get up, more. Let's get it yeah, more Yeah, let's plays. keep it rocking. Keep it rocking. Rockin'. Next up, we got the Take a Nail segment, so keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncy.
0: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
1: We gave y'all a lot of winning formulas today, man. Adidas? (laughs) That Adidas placement was huge. Obviously, talking about that story and that formula and how that all unfolded is definitely a win in my eyes. We gave you the winning formula on how to be a person first
0: and not an analyst or any of that stuff. You know, be human first. And care about somebody, man.
1: For sure, for sure. I I mean, what else we give yeah. them the winning formula? I feel like we don't. The Warriors are going to win in seven, was the winning yeah, formula that, I gave. Okay, and I don't <laughs> gave a winning formula, Raptors uh, <laughs> in six. So we're going to see who's the real winner. <laughs> for sure, for in a sure. Few. Um, but uh, yeah, now we got to talk about who took an L this week. Who lost? Who lost? For me, I'll start it off. The person that I have taken an L goes by the name of DJ Khaled. Um, Many of you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have an idea who DJ Khaled is, but I don't want to pass any judgment because I'm hoping that there are some listeners that don't know who DJ Khaled is because it tells me a little bit more about my listener base and that it's expanding and growing and that we reach multiple different types of people and it's more universal rather than just... Not universal, for lack of a better term. I don't even want to dig in to what I really could dig into, but let's just say not universal. Um, But yeah, DJ Khaled, super producer, very well-known producer, and he is planning to sue Billboard. Um, Billboard is obviously a very huge company when it comes to the music game. Um, They're most known for their charting, so they chart albums, they chart songs, they chart Genres of music, um, probably the most popular, and they're and they're up to date. They're weekly, um, they're annually. Like you get them very frequently, so you can stay pretty updated with Billboard's charting to know who's going up, who's going down, who's at the top, who's at the bottom, who dropped out of the charts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And DJ Khaled is suing Billboard because. He had the number two album on the charts. And the person who had the number one album on the charts is a guy by the name of Tyler, the Creator. Some of you may or may not know who he is, but very popular artist. Um, And Khaled, I would say, didn't sell too many less than Tyler, the Creator did. And D-Boy, you can let me know, but to give some exact numbers, Tyler, the creator, uh, in his first week, and I think they debuted on the same day, sold 165,000 albums. And DJ Khaled sold 137,000 albums. I don't think that's that significant of a gap. Listen here.
0: I don't care if you bundle sales. I don't care (laughs) if you scam sales. DJ Khaled got 12 to 15 of the most prominent artists in the game on one project, and all he gets to do is whisper or yell, whichever the one he chooses, on the track, and he still got outbeat
1: by one person. That says a lot that's, about what that one person's following. And, and let's be clear, not only that, because knowing a little bit about Tyler, the Creator, Tyler, the Creator produced and he sang so and rapped on that's his project. What, I mean,
0: we got Chris Brown, <laughs> we got all. Meek Mill, we got Sizzle, we got... Everybody on that on that project. But we she, got yes. the Migos. We got everything. And he, voice of an
1: angel. But it also does speak a lot to Tyler, the Creator. That's because what I'm saying. For it him to have the number one on project, Tyler, I don't even think he had a feature. That's what I'm saying. It's, and you got
0: 12 of the best people. You got a real all-star team on so, this album, on DJ Khaled album. And that's what I'm saying. It speaks volumes. And for it to be that close, I think DJ Khaled just got to take that L. And, uh, and, and, and just eat that one. You and and, and that's it.
1: what I think it is. I think that he's taking an L in this one because he, he's saying that it's bundle packaging, which essentially means that you're like sellin', selling albums and records um, via like your merch. So you're packaging merchandise. And probably a plethora of other things with your albums to be able to ultimately sell more albums, have more outlets to sell your album through. Let that man have his moment. It allows your numbers to grow. But I just felt like he was kind of hating on Tyler the Creator, honestly. That's right. Because I'm of the reasons that you said. All the features that he had, the expectations that I think he had. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whether him and Tyler, the creator, knew they were releasing on the same day, I think they're both under Sony, um, which is the parent company. I think it's two different labels, like Universal and one of those other labels. I'm not that well-groomed on the music side to know that, but I think their parent company is Sony. So I would imagine somebody knew. But for you, even, even in that instance, to hate on somebody that is signed to the same parent company that your label is signed to, I think that that's a little off a bit too. So I just didn't like it. I don't like the reason that he's suing. Had he been suing because he wasn't getting paid based on those numbers, then I can understand it. But you're suing because you're number two on the charts rather than being number one on the charts, but that's not affecting your bottom line as far as what you've already sold. I got a problem I'm with gonna that. I'm going to tell you, like, maybe this he thing. thinks that this is going to boost it if he is number one and he can rep and claim number one and obviously use all his social media tactics to prop that up and it'll bring more people to come buy his album because of the accomplishment. But with all that he's already accomplished, with another hip hop artist having the success that they're having, I just think it's a little tacky if he's not losing money from what he's already sold to want to come out here and sue this guy and ultimately try to bring down the next guy's name and Tyler the Creator because he talked a little bit of shit about his music too beyond just the lawsuit. He actually mentioned and compared his music and Tyler the Creator's music. That's not cool. I'm gonna give him a pass because I might I might let him yell
0: on some of the songs one day of mine, so <laughs> I ain't going to
1: talk about it because you might use this against me later. Yeah, but, I'll be honest. I'll okay? be honest with you. Knowing who DJ Khaled is <laughs> and knowing who Tyler, the Creator is, I think you'd much rather for, work yeah, than DJ yeah, Khaled yeah. than Tyler, the Creator. Point taken, Tyler, so. the Creator is nuts. If he college, he can get, get off the wall. Me. Remember I, think, I said that? Yeah, I think, I think you and Khaled may have a little bit more... Uh, <laughs> similarities when it comes to the type of music that you two make rather than you and entirely I won't the creator. sue a Billboard though, I promise yeah, 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 yeah. don't do all that right, so right. that's who I got cool. taking an L I just think that what he had to stand on just wasn't really that dope to me even if he wins the lawsuit obviously I'm probably going to take the L for my take, but just from kind of a morality standpoint I thought it was kind of whack alright,
0: well I got an L uh, to pass out for this week too, but I'm on the fence about it, and what I mean by that is your input It, it can, I, it's needed in this one because it might stray me to think otherwise, but off the rip, I want to say the Toronto Raptors fans took an L for me this okay. week with, um, you know, with obviously cheering. The big story has been about how disgraceful the Toronto Raptors fans were by cheering when Kevin Durant got hurt yesterday, and I don't want to get too deep into it. But then I kept thinking about it, and I was thinking like, if Kawhi got hurt in the Bay, they gonna do the same. The the dynamic is a little different in Oracle than what I you what I'm used to. But I think, the I think the Bay'll be doing tying him and getting him out of there too. And so as I, I from a competitive know. standpoint, and how fast the Raptors fans turned it around too, they when the. I thought it was real good of the players. Classy. They, yeah, they, it was classy. classy of the players. They shut it down real quick, and then people start chanting KD, I guess. But the initial reaction, I seen a lot of taunting, a lot of cheering for something that maybe because I, I seen the injury before and knew what it was that I instantly had that person personable moment where I'm like, it, it hurt for me to see it, and I felt like I knew exactly what it was at the time. But I, don't, I think maybe because people – thought it was a calf injury and didn't think it was serious, that I might feel like I might give him a pass. But on the rip, it was very ugly and nasty to see because I knew what the injury was, and people was literally happy about it. Yeah, that's it.
1: why I'm not giving them a pass. Okay. And anytime. I, and that's why I said I was on the fence, but I want to know thing. if I see meant that ill or not. Here's the thing. I'm not giving them a pass because, one thing, It wasn't like he flopped or something. I I know in situations where people flop and, like, fake injuries, that's when crowds can boo and kind of – like soccer, you see it it a lot. This was a a no-contact injury. This was a no-contact injury, a guy who's been injured for a month already, so you already knew that he may have been injury-prone. And for your initial reaction to cheer – Once you saw him grab at his leg, Mm. the game had stopped, the play had stopped, Mm -hmm. you see him grab at his leg, and and you proceed to cheer, and you don't decide to switch it around until your players start to tell you, don't do that, don't cheer. For the players to have to be put in position to tell the crowd and communicate to the crowd to stop cheering... Is where I have a problem with what the fan base did. I don't think the players should have even been put in that position to have to tell the fans to stop cheering. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, but after what the media is not showing and what people are not showing is that as Kevin Durant walked off the floor, the whole crowd started cheering KD, KD. But it was still after was the late. guys that it they che- that, it was still after the guys that they were cheering for literally had to tell them to stop cheering about I'm this honest, man's that was injury my
0: first time witnessing something like that i've seen it like i said i've seen a lot of injuries and in that's why i also think and that even by dominant op- oppositions but our opponents but to see like they they got loud in there yeah and that's why that. and, and I, that's why i, I disagree
1: with what you said about oracle either because i haven't seen it at oracle
0: that's why I'm, I, I asked do you
1: think if it was the other way around no. with it, but you think it, i it, think it was, it was foul uh And, I mean, let's be honest. We're talking about Toronto. We're talking about Canada. We're talking about an entirely different country where basketball isn't necessarily prevalent there, especially the way it is here in the United States of America. That's a hockey country. That's a, you know what I mean? I I think there's different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, It's different, not whatever. It's just different. Like what they're used to cheering to and how they it's different etiquette. It's different cheering etiquette when it comes to being a fan out there because they're used to cheering about yeah. hockey where things are different. You have the fighting, the fighting in hockey, rough you enough, have you know? the roughing up, you have different and tactics them, in Roby hockey. Yeah, you know, you yeah, have yeah. yeah, exactly. You have different tactics in hockey where in those moments you might cheer. I don't really know because I don't know hockey well enough, but this is just what I'm putting together in my brain. You might cheer differently for different things in that sport this is their first time really making it to this stage when it comes to the sport of basketball and basketball is just not what that country is known for so i just think that there's kind of different etiquette when it comes to being a sports fan in canada rather than it is being a sports fan in america and probably the prominence of each sport in each country plays a huge role in that that's my take on it.
0: final verdict no pass given toronto raptors fans that was disgusting you 100%. took a l
1: 100 and on that note <laughs> d-boy let them know where to find you what you got coming up going on all that good stuff if y'all didn't notice that was just my inner stephen a smith
0: <laughs> Oh mama. d-boy ltd with an i not a y on all platforms search it stream it download it purchase support the movement man y'all hear us a lot going on we making real pre- prevalent moves You feel me? So, make sure you stay behind it. Keep supporting. Keep rocking. Keep listening to the podcast. I'm out.
1: For sure, for sure. And y'all know where to find me, at Pounce underscore Sation on Twitter and Instagram, or search my name, Devon Pouncey, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Like I said, I don't know what's coming up next and when the the next time we'll be recording this podcast is because I am taking this trip to Germany this weekend. But believe you me that I am working to make something happen happen because like i said for one this is therapy for me i want to be able to record a podcast wherever i'm at wherever i go that's just what i love to do like i said i think i'll be seeing so many dope things out in germany i'll be experiencing so many dope things and i want to be able to dump it off right here on this platform for you guys to be able to listen to and at least feel as if you're experiencing it with me and for two I know y'all want the podcast to keep coming as regularly as possible, so um, we'll work on that for y'all. We'll work on that, but yeah, just follow me anyway. Go check out the Jeremy Abobasi article. Um, also, just look in the details of this podcast because I will be posting the link to the Jeremy Abobasi article because it was a fan. it was a fascinating article. He had a lot of great things to that- to say, and I think uh, y'all are really really enjoy it. And so, on that note. We're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go in.